best when you drop the phone on the thing <laughs> and it makes the chord sing. <laughs> uh, where was I? I had a thing pulled up. There it is. We don't have like actual music, so like I gotta. gotta <laughs> well, there is an song. intro. You just don't no. hear it as it's playing. I know, but like we can't like start off with a song. And all that, so. <laughs> but you know what we can do? We can what? start the show. Welcome to the Nightmare Box. <laughs> Presenting mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the Missoula reboot, Kristen Pennington. <laughs> New and improved. Kristen 2.0. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And uh, we got some stuff to talk about today, some big things, as promised on our last episode, and I kind of want to knock that one out early so that I'm not, you know, my fourth and fifth beer in trying to read. Sloppily explain. Yeah. (laughs) So listen, guys, this is what we're going to (laughs) do. But how's, how's your past couple of days been? Everything floating all right? Yeah. What? Hmm? That's a weird I way. I live with you. I was going to give you like organic moments so that I could slide into the homework assignment. Like, or I could just, I'll just dive right into it. Fuck <laughs> funny banter for seven to 15 minutes. That's a weird question to answer to you though. We live together. It's <laughs> not like I haven't seen you. Is everything all right? I felt like your therapist there for a second. All right, fuck it. Well, I tried that. That didn't work out. Let's go into the homework assignment. <laughs> You know, I went to work, I came home, I went to bed with you, you know, or we had dinner, oh, we yeah. went to bed, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in, in the world of Brett, I sat down uh, again every day this week and banged out my word count because I'm just a G like that. <laughs> and uh, today, after I hit my word count, I sat down and I typed out the homework assignment. This is going to read a little bit different for when you guys um, actually go on the website. That website would be... The nightmarebox.blog. Um, because, believe it or not, uh, team, I'm letting you in on uh, a part of the writing process, I guess. This would be the rough draft for what we're doing, but we've nailed down the themes and the guidelines, so the rest of it, you know, is just for you. Uh, I might mess with it, but I'm going to fix the theme section. There's my... Not to interrupt you, but Max is behind you slowly trying to figure out how to get to your shrine. He needs to uh, fuck right off with that (laughs) if he kills the dolls. It's like, there are things up there that I want. If you go after fucking Freddy Krueger, I'm going to throw you. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite movie. Feel free to chuck a bottle yeah. cap out of Mine's and run Pet off. Cemetery, okay? And I'll bring you back to life. <laughs> so uh, the homework assignment, in the words of Tyler Durden, is uh, you have to go out and you have to start a fight and you have to lose. No. Uh, I wasn't aware we agreed to that part. <laughs> That's news to me. <laughs> That's the uh, the homework assignment scene from Fight Club. Mm-hmm. He's like, doing all that. Okay, I'll just get into it. <laughs> uh, so this is homework assignment number one. Uh, the deadline for this one, guys, is going to be 31 December 2019. Yeah, I said it like that. I used to be in the military. It's a hard habit to break. Um, at 11.59 p.m. So you've got until midnight on the new year to bang this film out. What is out. that in military time? 11.59 would be 23.59. Go. Yeah, I, well, why are you testing me on that? I was the one that was in the military. If I, if I sput it around on you, because you like, did the date in military time. It's like, what is that on the 24 hour clock? Maybe there's someone in the military listening to this and they want to know. And about... they just they, they don't know the standard times anymore. Like they've been completely <laughs> Maybe. brainwashed. Maybe. They're just over in, you know, Syria. 
<laughs> you never know. Go off on a political rant. Maybe no, India no. guy would like to know. India guy, that would be uh, the American New Year. Google it. Um, <laughs> but this is our first attempt at creating a homework assignment for listeners of the Mistakes Were Made podcast. So each month we'll be accepting entries for the most recent assignment, which will include the certain rules for the creator or creators that they must follow. So long as these details are found within the piece, the film will be accepted for submission. There is no submission fee. There is no award money. These films are simply an excuse to practice the discipline of your craft and potentially reach a wider audience. Our purpose is to educate ourselves and each other by creating as much content as possible. We want to see what works and what doesn't. We want to see you at your most experimental. We want to break the mold. One month you might be shooting an action sequence revolving around a stuffed animal, and the next you might be working Play-Doh on your kitchen table to develop a stop-motion sequence. We want to break you from your comfort zone and force you to work in a new and interesting way, one where you might, may find insights for future projects or new ways of thought. We encourage participants to do the uncomfortable and break every rule imaginable. This is an opportunity for you to get weird and see what comes of it. So the themes that we're going to go in for this particular um, homework assignment, these are the things, guys, that you need to hit within your film, right? So what are we looking for, Kristen? What kind of movie? A Christmas movie. We're doing the fucking it's Christmas Brett's movie. Brett's favorite holiday. I love it. <laughs> Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin fucked his mom, <laughs> raised her corpse up out the grave and... Bruce Wayne's parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So it's got to be a Christmas movie. <laughs> None of these are landing today. <laughs> no. Kristen doesn't love me. Um, the, uh, I don't hate you. Yeah, I know. That's what, re that's what really matters here. Uh, the key object, which we're going to try to come up with um, every month, kind of give you a thing, you know, go to Goodwill, spend X amount of dollars, whatever. Your key object has to be a bizarre stocking stuffer. So not a classic stocking, stocking stuffer. <laughs> so not a, you know, a classic stocking stuffer. We don't want to see, you know, bags of M&Ms or fucking candy canes unless they've got like knife edges no on No elf on a shelf. Yeah, no elf on a shelf. A bizarre stocking stuffer. Whatever it is, it has to fit inside of a traditional stocking. So just think of that. Anything that can fit inside of a stocking that would be a bizarre stocking stuffer. Kristen's example was Big Purple Dildo, or whatever it was that you said Grandma's earlier. Dildo. Grandma's Dildo. I imagined it was purple. Just like Grandma's vagina. Yeah, that's gross. Okay. Um, <laughs> the film does not need to no, be in any specific genre, so if you want to do this as a romantic film, a horror film, a comedy film... Uh, noir film you can do any of that it just has to be christmas themed and it needs to be filmed in one location but if that location is say your apartment you can shoot within multiple rooms inside your apartment you just can't go out the front door don't yep. cheat this shit don't go to a park where you've got 15 like different bathrooms that you're going to shoot in shoot it in a bathroom shoot it in a bathroom you're not going anywhere you can shoot in the various stalls but you can't leave the bathroom there you go one <laughs> physical structure um, and it must include a follow shot. Kristen, what is a follow shot? So a follow shot is whenever, um, a character is moving through a scene and the camera is pursuing them. Mm -hmm. Um, I will 
uh, I don't know if that's technically called a follow shot, if there's a different name for that, but I will also give you if the camera is leading the character. So if you're moving you backwards go. and the character's walking towards the camera as the camera's going, mm -hmm. you know, with the character, I'll let you do that as well. Um, and the reason I picked a follow shot is because I feel like a lot of new filmmakers fall into one of two categories. You're either afraid to pick up the camera yeah. or you never put the camera down. <laughs> Your camera's just moving all over the place. So um, this isn't necessarily an official rule for this homework assignment, but it is a heavily encouraged piece of advice. Um, your camera really honestly, whether you're a beginning filmmaker, you know, mm -hmm. someone who's got a lot more experience should not be moving without some sort of motivation. So whenever you're planning your follow shot, try to keep in mind motivated camera movement. Um, That's a good point. <laughs> um, and the reason for that really is, you know, the camera isn't the storyteller. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the one telling the story through your characters, through your dialogue, through the setup of the scene, you know, all these different aspects that go into the literal story are what's telling the story. And when your camera is just moving throughout the scene, unless it's a found footage type film mm -hmm. with no purpose, it takes away from the story itself. Yeah. Like your camera's just kind of sloppily moving around it's and nauseating. people Yeah, people can usually tell like that it seems weird or it feels mm -hmm. off or whatever, so like whenever a cam or a character like stands up from a seat and you know the camera position changes the camera will tilt up with the person mm -hmm. or if the camera's walking through the room the camera will pan over with the person if character's walking down the hall which is yeah you know what we're talking about right now with the follow shot the camera will follow the character down the hall so your character should be leading your story and thus your camera should be moving with your character mm -hmm. so um when you go to plan the follow shot uh I strongly encourage that there is some motivation behind the yeah. camera moving with the character, whether you're moving down the hall into a different room, you're moving across the room with the character, you're moving for the character to greet someone mm -hmm. at the door, like have an intention behind the shot. Would um, Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining going up the stairs mm -hmm. with the baseball bat, would that be consided a follow shot? Like I don't, if people I don't know needed if... a follow, like an example they could think of? Uh, that's definitely an example. Like where Kubrick's like following him up the stairs. Yeah. That's or is he behind him in that shot? I thought he was in front. It switches. I yeah. Think. So um, I'm not entirely sure to be honest. I'd have to Google and give myself a refresher on that. If the camera is in front of the person, like I said, moving mm -hmm. kind of backwards up the steps as he's also going up the steps, I'm assuming that's not called a follow shot. I don't know if that's like a leading shot or what that's called, but again, I'll make an exception for so that. So we're counting follow and leading I shots. I don't know if it's technically called a leading shot. Well, but, I'll, um... I'll put it in quotes just <laughs> so I've got it. Because yeah. this is how it's done, team. We're developing on... <laughs> but yeah, whenever Jack Nicholson is going up the steps and the camera is behind him following him up the steps, that's definitely a great example of a follow shot. And pretty much any horror film, when you see the character like moving through the scene yeah. and the camera's moving along behind them, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody at some point has seen a follow shot in action. But um, like I said, again, the point mm -hmm. of this is just fledgling filmmakers, I feel like don't often tend to pick up the camera or they never put the camera down. So yeah. either way, move the camera with intention. Um, if you're in the first group and you don't, like you keep your camera on a tripod because 
you don't have the gear to stabilize the shot and you're worried your shot's mm -hmm. gonna look sloppy and bouncy and stuff like that um here's a couple of tips for you and we're not trying to alienate whether you have you know a professional film camera a dslr a cell phone whatever um you can kind of make do with any of mm -hmm. these so if you have a phone or just have a regular camera and you don't have any kind of stabilizing gear a good piece of advice is when you're holding the camera keep your arms tight to your body tuck your elbows in against your body it stabilizes your arms so when you're walking mm -hmm. your arms are stabilized by your actual body um if you have a dslr and you've got like a a strap that goes around your neck if you tighten the strap and hold the camera taut while the strap is around your neck it'll act mm -hmm. as a stabilizer if you have a tripod you can fold the legs in and kind of sort of create a monopod and just hold the legs of the tripod and that'll sort of stabilize it um i have a shoulder rig and that's my personal preference i use my shoulder rig a lot so um, there are various ways you can stabilize a shot. There's also, uh, depending on the editing yeah. software, you use an actual stabilizer in the editing software that'll, to some extent, patch your scene yeah. if it's not super wobbly. So. Um, and you want to walk like uh, toes to heel in like yeah. a, a very slow kind of motion. Yeah, yeah. You you do kind of have to be intentional about the way that yeah. you walk. Like even with my shoulder rig it bounces with my shoulders so I have to walk a lot more carefully when I'm using my shoulder rig so um like I said if you don't have stabilizing gear that doesn't prohibit you from participating in this you can literally use your own body as a stabilizer and like I said if you're using a DSLR if the, your camera came with the neck strap that's a great way to do it yeah. um just hold it tight and the the strap itself will act as a stabilizer so you can still participate. Don't be afraid. <laughs> or you could have a reason for the shakiness. Yeah. You could figure that out. I wouldn't recommend just jerking the camera everywhere. No, no, no. But, no, no yeah. No. Um, but, you know, there's lots of ways these kind of shots could be done. And th those are brilliant tips. I never would have thought to, we should probably get you to add to this <laughs> for, for beginners. Or you could write an article. That's what we do. <laughs> I will write an article about self-stabilizing a camera if you don't have a yeah. stabilizer. I do actually have a stabilizer. I just uh, I don't prefer my stabilizer, so I don't mm. I don't use my stabilizer hardly ever. I think I've attempted to use it once. I don't prefer it. It's a lot of it's a pain in the ass balancing the weights on it. So I I, I don't even use my stabilizer, and I do own one. So. <laughs> Like I said, if you don't own a stabilizer, don't feel like you can't do a moving shot. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, so those are the themes. So you've got the Christmas movie, bizarre stocking stuffer, specific, no specific genre, one location, and then it must include a following or what we're calling for right now a leading shot that will be clarified. Yeah. And we'll figure it out. Um and then we've got our guidelines. So these are things that need to happen for us to accept the film. Uh, first, the film must be between 5 and 15 minutes in length, which is including both your title sequence and your closing credits. I'm not counting, you know, 15 minutes plus sitting through your credits. If the film is 17.43 when it arrives, I'm done with it. It needs to be 15 or under. Um, films must be edited, or not emailed, Films must be emailed to nightmareboxproductions at gmail with the title quote hw pound sign one submission dash 
your title. That's it. Um, three, any and all participants in your film must be credited, whether they wrote, directed, acted in, or simply walked by the camera. Or catering. If or you have catering. A caterer, credit your caterer. Like everybody. Even if it's just your friend making grilled cheese sandwiches after you get done shooting. Yeah. Count you, them as a caterer. If you ordered out, then don't include that. <laughs> but if you if you have a crafty person, credit your crafty person. Or an incredible pizza parlor. <laughs> um, no film ever came from one mind alone, and every person deserves or every person involved deserves the credit for the whole. Four. Any and all equipment used for the film must be listed in the emailed submission. If you've mastered an incredible shot with an affordable camera, captured an interesting piece of audio from your cell phone rather than an audio recorder, or wrote your screenplay in notes rather than Scrivener, I want to hear about it. So, like Kristen's camera, for example, would be... I have a Canon 80D. 80D. Yeah, and we might pull something off that most people can't get with that camera mm -hmm. if we try hard enough, and then they'll go, well, I thought you needed, you know, the HD 090D or whatever. And even your lens. Like, I would be curious to know uh, what lenses you use if you have a camera that has interchangeable lenses. Like, I have a 50 millimeter lens that I favor quite a bit because it takes very, very pretty shots. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you have a DSLR or a camera with interchangeable lenses, I would like to know what you use. Fuck, yeah. Um, How many lights, too? Like, your lighting yeah. setup, one, two, three lights. I mean, if they're cheapo lights that you found or made or whatever, yeah. you don't have to necessarily have to say what kind, but I Used would like to know. six Duracell battery flashlights. <laughs> 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 whatever you got. Um, and last but not least, have fun. It's not a competition in so much that there will ever ever be a verifiable winner of the competition. We simply want you to do what you can with whatever you've got. Think of it as guerrilla filmmaking. Don't stress yourself with an unattainable budget or with renting expensive equipment to get the shot you know that you can do without it. Focus on working with what you can and the time that you can set aside and share your journey with us. Uh, also, Kristen and I will be playing along each month, and you'll be able to view whatever content we create on uh, the nightmarebox.blog, and um, I will have a link to the Nightmarebox's YouTube. We don't have an official URL, yeah. unfortunately, um, but we will have a link for it. Uh, at the end of the month, and alongside that, we'll post between three to five listener submissions to our YouTube page, which Kristen will have for you soon. Uh, these will be ones that we feel garner further review based on stylistic choices, story arcs, or a particular scene. These will be the films that we discussed during the first podcast of each month, the same show where we'll reveal that month's assignment. So when this ends, we will have those films up, uh, hopefully by the first episode of January, and that first episode of January is where you'll get the audio version of the guidelines for the month of January. It will be updated on the new year, hopefully, uh, with the new assignment. But if you're just listening to the show, that's how you kind of follow along there. So the game is free and the challenge is yours. We hope to see what you can do. Uh, addendum to that. Um, the first Friday episode, I'm assuming, following the first, because it depends okay, on... The first Friday episode. Yeah, because we publish on Fridays. Yeah. So. Well, that's the rough draft of the uh, 
the homework assignment read, and that gets us 20 minutes in. And again, for sure, not trying to alienate anyone who either doesn't have much experience or does not have uh, anything in the way of serious equipment. If you're, if you've literally never written anything or never shot yeah. anything, you are still welcome to submit. We're not going to treat these like our two Star Tuesday films, like Brett said last time. Um, not here to pick anybody apart. Like if we have advice that we think is helpful that we can offer, we will offer that mm-hmm. advice. If you have a comment that you want to give about the one that we're doing, cause we're also participating, yeah. feel free to reach out. Um, and I don't often, uh, shoot with my cell phone. Some of the footage that I shot for the documentary that I'm working on was shot on my cell phone, mm-hmm. but just um, out of ease. Yeah. Just cause it was easier to do cause we were in the middle of moving and it was just easier than pulling out my camera. But I will say a lot of the photos that I post that, mm-hmm. uh, people compliment me on and stuff are taken with my cell phone. So if you still take the proper care to set up the scene, um, attempt to light the scene, you know, if it's an interesting scene and you've got, you know, moderately decent actors that are taking it seriously, if you're shooting on a cell phone, it'll still turn out fine. Um, just take care with it and put time and effort into it. So we're not trying to alienate people that don't have the same equipment that we have or the mm-hmm. same experience that we have or didn't go to school for this. If you have questions... No. If you're 15 years old listening to this, for starters bad on you you should have some your parents need to get in the way of what you're putting in your head um but yeah no don't feel alienated in the slightest and don't be like intimidated if you don't think your skill set's up to par with everybody else doing whatever they're doing my skill set isn't up to par Kristen's skill set isn't up to par we talk every week about shitty movies that are doing a lot better than we are right now so we're not tearing anybody apart on these episodes i save my rage for two star tuesdays <laughs> And if you have questions throughout the month, definitely uh, email us, reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook page, however you have a means of communicating and we'll like be happy to help. If you're stuck on an issue with your project, we'll be happy to give advice or whatever. So feel free to reach out throughout the month. Yeah, we got to get a lot more active on our social media pages because you could just shoot us a tweet at... <laughs> at Nightmare Box Pro. Or, you know, hit us up on the Facebook over at Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Reach out. You know, morning, day, or night. If you hit me up after, I don't know, 5 p.m. my time, I'm probably, <laughs> you know, a few in. But Which I, I um, we, we live at the far side of the country, so 5 o'clock my time is like 7 o'clock your time. <laughs> I think we could understand. I am, con- we may not post on some of these quite as often as we probably should but i am continuously logged into all of them so if you send something i will see it um the emails go straight to my phone the twitter account is logged in side by side with my twitter account so is the instagram so if you send something even if we're not if we haven't posted in a couple of weeks i will still see whatever you send so we will definitely do it hell yeah that's business baby (laughs) (laughs) got the homework assignment done that's our first fucking homework assignment are you excited i'm nervous what you're gonna give me because we're gonna work on it together that's the interesting it'll be right at the end of nano (laughs) when this drops and then uh congratulations by the way if um you survived nano if you survived nano I've, i've got a bit of work to put in you know in the next little bit uh, last little leg here I got to take pretty seriously because I've, I've missed a few days and I've fallen a little bit behind. 
it's still right now at 125 pages, which is like a two hour, five minute long film. So I've got more than enough working materials, but I'm a little shy on the word count for where I should. Be. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a major breakthrough last night. And so. a major breakdown the night before. <laughs> but yeah, that'll that'll be the interesting challenge with my and Brett's work in particular. Uh, Brett writes I film, so I I don't know. Where this is going to go just yet. <laughs> yeah, last night Kristen and I were watching The Twilight Zone, which is you know, one of my favorite TV shows that's ever been created. I I adore it. <laughs> we finally crossed into season two because there's 36 episodes of the original season. And uh, halfway through season two, I just stood up and started writing on the whiteboard. <laughs> so that's the spontaneity Kristen is up against with this script. Because it'll come after the nano. And I could just sit down and be like, I just need to do one writing session, basically. Come up with five to 15 minutes. And I might bang out some wild shit, but we need to agree upon a location yeah. for you and I before you let me sit down and write the script. Yeah, that's true. So, like, you need to tell me what you'd like to shoot and where you'd like to shoot. We also have to buy a stocking because we don't have any Christmas <clears throat> stuff because it's not Brett's favorite holiday, it turns out. There <laughs> might be a stocking out in the... Um, storage thing. Hmm. Might have a few. Hmm. We'll see. Anyway. I hate this holiday. I don't know why. It's weird. I don't know. Were you not hugged enough? Uh, I hate my birthday for the same reason. I don't like attention, and I feel like holidays like this bring... Maybe that's what I'll make the film about. The anxiety of the Christmas season. Maybe the stocking will actually be empty, and that's the bizarre thing. Yeah, and then when I step my arm in it, it rips my arm off, and then I make you make a hyper-complicated CGI cut no. in the middle of December. I'm a, I'm a veto that <laughs> well, well, right now. Well, <laughs> editing three different podcasts. And... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Vetoing that one live. <laughs> I'm not allowed to get my arm CGI bitten off. I will but... legit just chop it off in real life. Uh, I'm down. That'll be the, I mean, the I life trying, you're living. I ain't trying to be here for very long. <laughs> You're only going to have one hand. <laughs> I'll just stick it in my sweater. Like, oh no! My have the cheesy blood spurting out. Yeah, just ketchup bottle. <laughs> Again, fucking do whatever you can get away with. How funny would that be? There's a way to make that hilarious to the point where it makes sense. I'm just saying. Just Stitches 2.0. Exactly. They're not all going to be gold. <laughs> but Kristen had a topic she wanted to talk about today. What is that, Kristen Pennington? <sighs> the never-ending sequel. Those motherfuckers. Also remakes. Yeah. Because uh, they kind of, in a way, go side by side. And reboots. Ooh, yeah. Reboots, too. I'm mad at all of you people. <laughs> uh, you know, like, like kind of the point of the homework assignment uh, to patter selves on the back there oh. is to like see how individually creative we can be as artists and, and i say we collectively yeah. not just me and brett all create of us. something new every month yeah um and just kind of get your own creative juices flowing so ideally the more you practice the more you work on it the more these ideas kind of just naturally come to you and 
Who knows? Maybe one day we'll be watching your multi-million dollar film and making fun of you. Yeah, and it might have been based <laughs> on a 15-minute short you made for the Nightmare Box. Well, you better give us <laughs> a goddamn thank you. entirely possible, because I will bastards. forever nod back to uh, Lights Out. Uh, <laughs> that was a short film that yeah. got offered to be made into a feature length. So. The moment that the dolls turns into like a two-hour goddamn classic horror film pointing back to our college days and being like you remember when we couldn't chainsaw down a door <laughs> <laughs> but so the point of that is to kind of get your creative juices flowing so um ideally it just comes more naturally mm-hmm. and you're kind of churning out more stuff that you're prouder and prouder of each time around so um yeah, there's been this weird swing in Hollywood, it seems, lately, where we're getting a whole, whole lot of remakes. Yeah. And um, sequels have been forever a, been a problem. this way for, like, 15 years. Yeah, and I'm just like, I, like, where did all the creativity go? Like To Hereditary, we got one. <laughs> Midsommar. <laughs> <laughs> like the Twilight. It all went to that guy. They were like, <laughs> give it to him and the dude from uh, King and Peele. Give it to him. <laughs> Like the Twilight episodes we've been watching, for instance, you know, not all of them are the best thing I've ever seen. Like some of them, I'm kind of like, ah, why did you end it that way? I would have ended it this way. But they're all original, neat, interesting ideas. Like Beautiful concepts. Yeah, yeah, we haven't watched a single episode yet where I was like, oh, I didn't like that one. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all interesting, even if they kind of go a different direction than how I would have preferred. So, yeah, I just, like, I don't understand the incessant need to remake everything like i like yeah there are probably some films that i would have died to have been able to have worked on at the time i'm not gonna go back and remake them just to like somehow fulfill that inner child in myself though like i want to put out new work that inspires the next generation and makes someone else go oh holy shit like well it was one of the things that i wanted to do for the longest time and i sat down i think while we were dating and i wrote like the first quarter of it um it would have been early in but i wanted to do halloween i wanted to take my own twist on the michael myers story because when I wanted to do this, the next Halloween that is apparently badass and I've still not seen, uh, hadn't come out yet. The yeah. last one was the canon of Rob Zombie, which I loved and is one of my reboots that I, I, I back up wholeheartedly <laughs> Stand by. Uh, as a guy who's painted Michael Myers and hangs him in the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Stand by the uh, first Halloween, not the second Halloween, jumped ship. The best part of the second Halloween that uh, Rob Zombie did was that it stomped the shit out of the stripper. But if you put it against the actual second Halloween that had nothing to do with... uh, No, never mind. My argument went out the window. It's the second Halloween was awesome. That's a sequel. Never mind. We'll go back to it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wanted to reboot Halloween um, a few years ago. I, I thought it would be a, a really cool idea, and I had this interesting concept to like make, maybe like make the whole film inside of the asylum instead of using it, like doing almost an origin story of Michael just inside as a child going through the mental distress and shit like that. Yeah. But it's been touched too many times. It's Spider-Man at this point. Like it needs to oh, sit God, for another Spider-Man. 20 years. Yeah, see, like, my ultimate film, totally different vein, um, Lord of the Rings was, like, the first movie that I watched where I was, like, 
Yeah. What the fuck, you know? You're like, what and the fuck, Harry? <laughs> exactly. You're a wizard, Harry. Uh, no, it was the first film that really, like, seriously captivated my imagination. Yeah. And um, I would have chopped off my own arm to have worked on that movie or any of those movies. Maybe not so much the Hobbit series, but the Lord of the Rings 1, 2, and 3, I, I would have killed to have yeah. worked on. And... They're well done, beautiful films. Like, they don't need to be redone. I don't need to see somebody else's take on the exact same story. Mm. Um, and, like, I just, I wish if you had a similar love for horror or fantasy or whatever, it's like, show us what you have to offer in that genre mm. instead of kind of borrowing from somebody else's idea. Yeah. You know, like. Well, like, The Lord of the Rings came from the book series, obviously. Mm-hmm. And some of my favorites came from book, you know, the Godfather's book series by Puzo. Um, you can walk into a bookstore and see thousands of books, and there's so many stories there waiting to be brought to film, and they're not being brought to film. Nobody's like breathing life into them. Yeah, or all these they're just keep remaking the same shit. All these scripts that get quote-unquote bought and then shelved and never actually made like die in production hell (laughs) yeah and like much in the way like we've we've watched um child's play and then whatever the i've got them all (laughs) whatever the second except the new one i refuse <laughs> I'm, I'm curious no, to see No, I'm it. not curious to see it. They're I'm like, yeah, it's the internet it embalmed in a body. I, I don't care. It's uh, good. It's not. But... No, Chucky is a serial killer. He <laughs> looks like a doll. He doesn't look like an animatronic fucking drone. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, at That's least. That's the Elon Musk truck of oh, dolls. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, at least if they remade it, they put their own spin on it. I will give them at least. That you still you're still borrowing from someone else's idea, but you yeah. put a new spin on it. It's like so. the Pet Cemetery reboot. They switched the yeah. uh, gender of the child, mm-hmm. which I'm still dilly dallying around in my brain with. But continue. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we watched Child's Play, which I I loved that movie as a child. Um, it's a little more ridiculous as an adult, but um, still awesome. <laughs> <laughs> But it was an extremely well-done movie for yeah. the time, for sure. Like, Chucky is believably a creepy fucking animated doll. Mm-hmm. And um, what's the sequel called? Child's Play 2. Oh, was it? Okay. <laughs> so, it doesn't um, become Chucky until Bride of Chucky. At the, uh, yep, Bride of Chucky. It's so, Child's Play 1, 2, 3, Bride of Chucky, Curse of Chucky. No, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky. <laughs> So I've only watched up through uh, Bride of Chucky. That's the last one I ever watched. But um, we did Child's Play 2 very recently. It was like a week ago or something, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and it's basically just the same damn film all over again. Definitely. And like the only thing that changes is you find out in that film Chucky is now stuck Spoiler in. Spoiler alert! Jesus Christ! That movie. movie came out in only 1986. <sighs> Um, you find out Chucky's now stuck in the body of this doll permanently because um, he's spent too much time in it. And that's yeah. like the major plot point of the whole film. And it kind of gets lost in him trying to kill Andy again. So like for me, like 
reboots, remakes, sequels that aren't really all that different from the original just feel like cheap cash grabs. It's like the first one did well, let's do it all over again. They are. They're 100% fucking cash grabs. It's like people are afraid to change the formula because it's like, well, it worked for them. Oh, yeah. Let's make Freddy goes to... Or Jason Jason X, the 10th goddamn (laughs) Friday the 13th movie. What are we going to do? We're going to shoot him into space. I love the idea that they had with Jason where they were like, oh, he got blown into a million pieces. I think it was Jason 8. He got blown into a million pieces. Well, when he comes back in Jason 9 or whatever the fuck that movie was called, he just like slides his heart off of the fucking table and then encapsulates another person. And meanwhile, Jason dies the same way the Wicked Witch of the West fucking dies. You get him wet, he freaks the fuck out, and he dies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't shoot a pissant little pussy like that into space. I've got no respect for Jason. Fuck Jason Voorhees. His mom was the shit. <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> it's a rant for you. Horror rants. Okay, like before we started the podcast, we were having... I found out that today... I'm sorry, I'll let you continue, but I'm going to Kanye West you real quick. (laughs) I found out today, because I was sitting here thinking about the idea that we'll talk about here in a minute, um, about like sequels that like should have been and shouldn't have been, and I found out they made a Carrie 2, and it was Carrie's like sister, like adopted sister or whatever, like they were separated at birth and then went off to foster homes which completely fucks up the original story and she also has telekinesis and is getting bullied at her high school and I wanted to punch my computer when I read about that. It's literally just the same story. It was made in 1999. Yeah. literally just the same story. Yeah, fuck that movie (laughs) that I've never seen and fuck all the people (laughs) that did that to Carrie. But like Okay, so that that begs the question then, when is a sequel actually necessary versus you're just trying to make more money? When when you need more story. Yeah, because like, like we were talking before the podcast started and like you brought up The Godfather, yeah. which is a great classic example. Um, yeah. A classic example, both of when you need a sequel and when you, for fuck's sake, definitely did not need a sequel. <laughs> The Godfather trilogy is the perfect film trilogy in that they should have stopped it too. The third one is directorially beautiful. Um, it, I don't believe is Coppola. Coppola um, might be. Uh, but you could have stopped it too. It did not need to be a trilogy for the story, but it's still brilliant like it's a three-part but universally everybody agrees we don't need to see al pacino fall out of a chair michael could have just been michael at the end of two where he's turned himself into a demon i'm ranting I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well the lord of the rings is actually yeah. a good example too so like are you comparing the godfather no, to saying, the lord of the rings i'm saying as far as a series that we might get in a fist fight in this episode. Have I'm a few saying <laughs> as far as a series that needed an example versus a series that didn't. So The Lord of the Rings is based on uh, Tolkien's three separate books mm. that are titled exactly as, you know, the movies are titled. Yeah. and The Boar, the Snore, and one more. <sighs> you haven't even seen them. I've read the... I tried to read the <laughs> yeah, which I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um... They, when they shot the movies, ended them at different places than um, where the books ended, which kind of frustrated me because the second 
book ends on a cliffhanger and the second movie kind of wraps it up all nicely in a bow and then you begin the third movie on the cliffhanger that the second book ended on. I don't know why they did it that way because it would have been way more suspenseful to have just ended on the cliffhanger it should have ended on. But then along comes The Hobbit, Hmm. which is a significantly shorter book than any of the other three books. That's the short one? That's the short one. Holy mother of The fuck. Hobbit is significantly shorter than the three books that made up How the lonely is George R.R. R. Martin? That's... <laughs> uh, so, but then because The Lord of the Rings was so successful and made so much money, they took this book that was easily one film yeah. and turned it into three films. So, same example of unnecessarily stretching out something just because you think you can make money off of it. Like the three Hobbit films were not anywhere near as good because they took a very small story and drug it out across the I didn't three realize movies. that they even made those films. Like I thought there was like the Tale of Two Cities or whatever the fucking <laughs> towers. The Tale Lord of the Five Rings, Towers. Twin Towers, twin, the Return the, of the King. The Twin Towers. Or Two Towers. Yeah, the two, two Towers. Two the Twin Towers, towers the <laughs> Return towers. of Bush. <laughs> Towers, Return of the King. <laughs> I don't know why is it Twin Towers. We were watching a rap documentary last night and it was in New York. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, yeah, they, uh, again, took a, a small book, stretched it out into three films that I think are universally thought to be excessive. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, I didn't even realize I did that. Yeah, there are three Hobbit films. That's madness. That book's like this big. I know you can't see me, but it's it's like this big. It's the size of Bread's dick. It's about a millimeter (laughs) and a half. And it's about the same size as the Hobbit people were in the book, I believe. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so, like, I... When is it okay? Like, if... It's okay to do The Godfather 2, because arguably, using just the two... Uh, groups that we're talking about here um, that have nothing to do with one another. The Godfather 2 is arguably better than The Godfather. That's when it's okay. It continues the story to where you could, if you had six hours on a random Sunday, sit down and watch those two films back to back and it would carry through itself as one major arc. You get to see Michael change in all of these ways if you can keep up with the 50-some-odd characters. Yeah. I will say I don't agree with it by any means, but I... But the I, Godfather, too? No. Don't you want to go fight Coppola? <laughs> you can, I'm going to bottle you. Um. <laughs> That's not what they do in that movie. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to blow you up like the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a horse's head in your bed. Well, but I also I, sleep you, in that bed, so... You lost already, because I, I put a car bomb in your car and then tried no, to teach you how to drive job. and you were like beep beep come on Michael be amore and then she turns the thing over and blows yeah, up it's my job to put car bombs and things you got that backwards it's my job I'm the Irish person speaking to my inner Italian <laughs> I'm also partially Italian I'm so probably uh, not no I'm just so. <laughs> I'm an American don't white and boy. what you are not but anyway okay i I will say the one time that it seems it's still like jason for instance way over the top um the one time it seems a little less obnoxious i feel like the horror genre does get away with it a bit more like 
the horror genre gets away with it for three films, and then it always goes off the rails. Well, you own more than three Chucky movies. I own all six, and I own all of the Saw movies, and there's like nine of them, and (laughs) it goes off the rails after the third one as well. But I feel like... It works. That's it. The perfect sequel, because it technically closes out the story but that's just because Stephen King wrote it as a two part book <laughs> I was going to say wasn't it supposed book? to be that way though actually it doesn't count it was planned that way but no like horror sequels that weren't planned sequels they go back and write it later because the first one did good like I feel like are the only genre that it's a little less obnoxious with which like I said they're definitely a point where you should just call it quits for sure on all of them they all go way too far yeah. but those type of films are kind of by nature a little more self-indulgent so people go into them not necessarily for the story it's like oh i want to see all the kills again and like the character was cool yeah. let's slice some more shit up so it feels like the one genre where people can to some extent get away with it oh horror fans are rabid it's- <laughs> why I love it. Like, I own all the Saw movies, not because I give a shit that they, you know, fucked over the entire plot after the third film and I'll never forgive them for that, but once Amanda's dead and Jigsaw's dead, you didn't need to involve all those other people, you selfish cocksuckers. The first film was made in a fucking bathroom in like four days. (laughs) (sighs) I doubt the same people made all of them, did they? No, no, no. The good ones were all made by the same people. And then uh, they had like 60 million extra dollars and decided, you know. Keep going. Keep doing it. Let's just make it about the blood and porn and it's why Hostel doesn't work. But Saw works. I don't know. I only ever saw the first Hostel. I couldn't deal with. Gore porn is a rough one for me. I can't can't handle that genre. Yeah. (sighs) What did I start that rant on? I'm I'm a little Uh, keyed in. (laughs) I, I was saying... Uh, horror was a little more of a self-indulgent genre so you could get away with it a bit more well it's a lot more fun like in dramas you have to nail the story because like audiences that love drama films like um i've not seen it but eternal sunshine could you make a second eternal sunshine or is the whole point that the first one's all you need you nailed it to the wall the first go around yeah i mean you couldn't really make a the you can Ironically, make, you can make action movies for days. You can make Rambo 54 or Rocky 27 or whatever the fuck Sylvester's trying to do over there. You can make the Terminator until fucking Schwarzenegger falls off the motorcycle. <laughs> you can't do it with a rom-com. You can't do it with drama. Can I... Except for The Godfather. No, I shouldn't spoil it because there are probably people listening who haven't seen that movie and it's a really good movie. Ironically, though... Um... If you made a sequel to Eternal Sunshine, it would literally just be the same film, and that would make sense. That would be interesting. But I can't give away why, because that <laughs> spoils the premise of the plot. Can but I dive it... into some questions that sure. I have written down? Because we're, we're going to circle through the world of sequels with like absolutely no concepts. I'm going to hit you with the questions I hit you with before we started the show. I don't know show. that I have answers, to be honest. If you could remake a film... What film would you choose to remake? If it was just for my pure pleasure yeah. of working like if on you're, it. If you had a new and interesting take, if you could tackle the same premise a second time, what would that film be? See, that's a bit different. Like, 
I have an, an interesting way of redoing it is totally different from I just really want to do it. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, like if I wanted to do, for example, and it's not on my list, but like if I wanted to do The Shining, it would have to be the difference between Carpenter's Halloween and Rob Zombie's Halloween. It would have to stick to the same premise, but it would have to be my vision, which... I don't know. That's a good question. I've like, got Taxi Driver. What? Is Why? It's the one that I would want to do. Taxi Driver, the Robert De Niro classic. I, that is not what I thought you were going to say at all. No, Why? Because it's a man who drives a taxi who's lost in this world full of people and he's so violently alone and he loses his mind and tries to save a teenage sex slave. Admirable. And also tries to kill a politician. Bad move. What would your what would your take be? I think I would try to justify him a bit more. The problem with the taxi driver, which I believe is nineteen seventy six for me, is you wind up with a lot of these really still shots. And there's almost so much poetry to it that doesn't get fully exposed. I remember watching The Taxi Driver with my dad when I was like 17 or 18 years old. My dad saw it when it first came out, didn't like it then, didn't like it when he was 40-some-odd years old and drunk. (laughs) I remember going, do you not understand what's happening here? You know, like trying to explain it to him. And nobody's touched The Taxi Driver. And while The Taxi Driver is a classic, I don't think that... It's one of those films that can't be remade. Maybe. Um, have you ever seen The Labyrinth? Uh, David Bowie's yeah. in it. Maybe the one that where film? the creepy like thing that's in the basement like plucks its eye out or puts yeah. its eyes mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Um, maybe The Labyrinth. Um, I think it would be interesting. Um, I like that film a lot. It is definitely a, a film that I have always loved. So I'm not at all taking away from. Bowie's performance or uh, the use of... Yeah, and I'm not taken away from De Niro at any point. <laughs> or the use of... Uh, you talking to me? All the puppets with, uh, <laughs> you know, Henson's puppetry has mm-hmm. always... I I have an incredible... Favorite, yeah. yeah, I have an incredible love and appreciation for Jim Henson. He was actually probably the first uh, filmmaker that I ever, like, really loved their work. Um, but I, I do... Watching it as an adult, like it was a really fascinating film as a kid, but watching it as an adult, um, it's more of a fun film than Mm. how dark the story really is. Because anyone who's not familiar with The Labyrinth, uh, Bowie uh, plays Gareth, I think is the name of the character, and he's the prince of this like weird, creepy labyrinth uh, palace place. And he comes and steals children away from people in the night who are essentially fed up with them. You have to ask him to come take the child. And um, he's like a children's lullaby, like one of those like old grim tales brought to life. And I think he's like the goblin King is what he's Mm -hmm. called. And, um, Sarah, the main girl, like out of frustration, wishes her baby brother away and he comes and steals the child. And um, I think what happens to the children if they stay in the labyrinth too long is they become these weird goblins that he's the king of. So 
hypothetically, if she didn't get her baby brother back, he would become one of these goblins and just be stuck in this uh, kingdom. And it's a older film. I don't remember what year it was made, but it's like an um, 80s or yeah. early 90s movie. Yeah. But uh, because it's made with puppets, and... it was long after David Bowie was an alligator. <laughs> Mama, Papa, go. <laughs> because of the limitations of film and the fact that it was made with puppets, and um, it was a bit of a musical number. It's not quite as creepy or sinister as I feel like the actual plot line is. Because mm-hmm. she goes through these weird challenges, and they fall in this weird pit that's like. Oh, it's the bog of something and it just smells like farts or whatever yeah. down there and they have to like get out and it's like if you accidentally touch the water you permanently smell that way so there are these weird obscure challenges that aren't really all that scary i think mm-hmm. that film could have been a lot more sinister and frightening than it yeah, was because it it's been a... a river full of like shit and blood and semen like something completely well, i mean it doesn't fucking... even have to be a bodily fluid thing it could just be something creepier than that um mm-hmm. but Yeah, it's a very unique, very frightening premise, especially as a child. And um, I just, I think it could be scarier than it is. So maybe if I was going to redo one, a more modern day version of The Labyrinth. That is a brilliant answer. It's a very, very good film, though. I'm not taking away from it. If you've never seen The Labyrinth, you should go watch The Labyrinth. It's a, considering Mm. 90% of the cast are puppets, a beautifully done film. Fucking incredible. Like, there's a scene where there's a trio of goblins dancing around the fire and they can pop their own heads off and toss them Mm -hmm. to each other and it is the one where they pull their eyeballs out and stuff and to see, uh, like, you can tell they're puppets, to see a more realistic version of these creatures popping their heads off and playing basketball with them Mm. would be frightening. (laughs) We should do that. Like, you sold me on the concept. Before I die, we're remaking the fucking Labyrinth. Can I tell you what the first remake is before sure. I hit you with the uh, other one? Just because I think you'd be um, interested. No, uh, never mind. This isn't the one. Uh, but the first remake of any given film, this is what ties into what you were calling earlier, the money grab, right? The first remake in film history happened in 1904. It was a remake of The Great Train Robbery. Which is a classic silent film that focuses on, like, you know, the classic scene with the horses running alongside the train and all that. It's called The Great Train Robbery. The one that you remember is 1904. The one you don't remember was The Great Train Robbery in 1903. Because the dude who directed 1904's Great Train Robbery didn't have to have all the copyright laws that we currently deal with in the United States, thank Christ. So literally one year later. One year later, he made the same film, the same premise, the same storyline, but he upped the violence and he upped the action. And now you remember the great train robbery. That's kind of sucky. <laughs> it was a complete money grab. Rip off. Well, the 1903 was a quick seller. It would have been like if you created Halloween, John Carpenter, 76, and then you just said, oh, yeah, we're going to do that, but better in 77. <laughs> it sucks. You basically stole the entire steam off of the Great Train Robbery. That sucks. <laughs> um, what film for you can never be remade? Um, I wish they'd quit making sequels to it, but, uh, 
the original three Star Wars films that came out. Um, Nobody else can play um, Luke Skywalker. I, I was going to say Han yeah, Solo, I, I but think, I was like, I don't um, know who that is. I think the three main characters had such an incredible chemistry with each other and like Layla or Lala or <laughs> Leia Lua <laughs> <laughs> and um it's a it's a film where again there really wasn't anything in the way of the CGI that we know and love or know and quote unquote love now um like all of their effects and stuff were you know practically done and it's it's a, a film you still go back and look at now and still looks really well done so i i think um spielberg nailed that one yeah i think it would goddamn wall. be foolish to try to touch that that was a i think you'd be filleted alive by the community yeah, if you ever yeah it, it is a film with <laughs> cult fans for sure <laughs> and um I, I don't think anyone could ever remake the level of mastery that went into specifically those first three films um uh the prequels and the the films that they've been coming out with in the past few years have that but the original three for me are star wars and i, I don't think anyone will ever touch how beautifully done those were as films that's a damn good answer, too. I never would have guessed that. I would have been like, yeah, you could eventually get away with Star Wars, but you'd have to only do the original films. <clears throat> you couldn't go for the sequels themselves because everybody hated the sequels. But if you could redo the original Star Wars movies, you might be able to get away from or away with it. But I think you're right. You could do sequels to that franchise all day. But if you try to touch the original Luke Skywalker, everybody is going to put like Harrison Ford against everybody else in the Her- world. Harrison played Han, but yes. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Mark, Ham- Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. <laughs> played Luke. And then uh, Who was Fisher. Han Solo? Harrison Ford. I almost said the Han Solo movie earlier, and then I forgot who the character was. Was he the dude with the purple lightsaber, or was that Samuel L. Jackson? That was in the prequels, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I think specifically the original three films were such a turn in cinema, because you didn't have that level of space films, period, even before uh, Star Wars, and that scale... uh, of literal intergalactic wars and stuff like that. I don't I don't think anyone could ever yeah, it's the original, catch the momentum that the original three films had. It's I, I, I wish I could have been around to see it when it initially came out. It's not my genre. It's not a film that I've seen more than once in my life. I need to revisit it because I'm sure there's something there. Um, I would respect that above The Lord of the Rings. Just... <laughs> But, uh, no, that's a great point. You could not remake Star Wars. What's yours? Uh, my go-to answer, but I've mentioned it too many times, and I knew that I would beforehand. Uh, you cannot remake the original one and two of The Godfather. Somebody should remake the third. <laughs> or just, just to, burn it. Or just burn it. You know? <laughs> but nobody could touch The Godfather, because I can't imagine anybody else but Al Pacino playing Michael... Um, I can't imagine anybody but, oh my God, 
Marlon Brando playing Vito. Um, it's it's the perfect two films for me. So mm-hmm. I knew that that was going to be my answer, and it was too simple. Um, so I went to what is my other favorite movie that I don't think anybody should ever touch again. And no bullshit, I think the Coen brothers nailed No Country to the wall. That is a very well done movie. Given that I've read the book, and their movie is like they took the book and just used it as a screenplay. They didn't add anything. They didn't take anything away. They gave you Cormac McCarthy's a vision of No Country for Old Men. I think the actor that played the bad guy too is just such a solid casting again if we're just thinking bad guys good luck making silence of the lambs you're not gonna get there without um the dude who played hannibal yeah um or clarice like it doesn't transfer in the sequels when they removed uh i've just forgotten all the names of all the actors (laughs) in the silence of the lambs i've had a few oh shoot what is his name Anthony Hopkins, yes. and she is Clarice Starling, played by oh, Jodie Foster. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Boom, I, like, I, I got there in the end. Um, <laughs> I, I would agree for sure that you cannot replace their chemistry, and even the actor that played Buffalo Bill nailed that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see it maybe updated the way that it's shot. It is a little dated when you watch yeah, it's very, the way that it's shot very 90s yeah um and especially that whole sequence when she's in the basement running around in the mm. dark so if you could make all of them young again and then just reshoot it i would be like okay let's do this well, i just i can't see anybody else playing hannibal mm-hmm. yeah no i, I don't you think can't recast it <laughs> for sure but I, I would i would like to see the exact same people the exact same age just reshot redirected almost yeah well i don't know because like the tension between clarice and hannibal is pretty well done Mm -hmm. like there is definitely some solid stuff there um there are bits of the movie that for me going back and revisiting it drag a little bit like this weird tension between her and the captain or whatever that she works under is just awkward um it's this weird like she idolizes him and he's definitely abusing that Mm -hmm. um relationship and then just some of the shots are a little dated but i i would agree the casting you can't really touch because yeah the sequel for me once uh jody didn't come back was shot i did not care for uh yeah. the replacement of jody foster in that character's spot could do you think because this is one that i'm i'm willing to have some debate on and i don't know how long it's been since you've seen it do you think that you could ever remake, not you personally, but uh, the film community as a whole, remake Scarface. I don't know that I've actually ever seen Scarface. Um, That's That might be I our may, Wings and Rings night. maybe have seen it once a long, long time ago. I don't remember any of it, though. It's so. Wings and Rings night. Are you down <laughs> for two hours and 40 minutes of graphic <laughs> Cuban violence? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, actually, I don't think I've ever seen Scarface. So. I, I can't imagine anybody but Pacino in that role either. Maybe it's just Pacino is a brilliant actor for like three <laughs> or four movies, and like that's all he needed. <laughs> he needed The Godfather, he needed Scarface, um, he needed Son of a Woman, and he needed... Um, 
they all collapsed. Dog day afternoon. I don't know. Like the ten, ten. He had ten fantastic fucking. No, no, I'm not taking that back. Try to remake the dog day afternoon. It'll never work again. The dog day worked once back in the seventies. It's the perfect film. Fifty years later, if you made it now, people would be like, "Oh, you're pandering to the audience." Well, it makes sense back then because I feel like that. Uh struggle was a little more relevant yeah. back then today it, it would feel a bit like pandering yeah and then i've got one more question for you and then we can close it out we have a first remake was that one that you had i do uh the first remake was the great train robbery oh sorry um i thought we had the first sequel i thought we had a first i've got a first sequel oh, have we, we haven't uh, i don't think i have a, the next the next question deals with that okay sorry um, but <laughs> i can do the first reboot Yes. Which I meant to do before all of this. Sorry, I've been drinking. Um, The first reboot, what year do you think the first reboot came out in, considering that The Great Train Robbery came out in 1904 and the sequel came out in 1916 that I haven't gotten to yet? I'm going to say the 50s. The first reboot was 1984. Damn. I figured it was later. I didn't think it'd be that late. Any guess as to what it might have been? No. The Return of Godzilla. Ah, that's fun. <laughs> it was uh, according to this article I wrote, and I it, I found this article on allthingsinteresting.com. Uh, the first uh, reboot was The Return of Godzilla, and the quote is, consciously and explicitly ignored past um, adaptations and instead returned to the story's beginning. So instead of taking into account, because I think at that point they had like 10 Godzilla films because they started in the 50s and it's one of the longest film series. Mm-hmm. Instead of continuing on, and then Godzilla went back in the water and then 10 years later he fought the alligator man. Like, <laughs> uh, instead of doing that and staying consistent, they remade the original film creating a reboot of Godzilla in 1984. I will say the... Godzilla that came out when I was a kid, which is literally just called Godzilla. I can't remember what year it came out. Uh, Matthew Broderick, I think, was the actor in that one. I did actually enjoy it. I thought it was a fun movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it as an adult, but as a kid, I was like, yeah, I'm into this. Well, we watched the Godzilla as part of our palate cleanser after <laughs> awaiting further instructions. <laughs> and you can... So <laughs> yeah, it was the 50s, and it was well, better fake. than all of awaiting further instruction. <laughs> That's fun, though. I didn't know that. So my last question for you, which is going to make the following factoid hilarious, um, is what film deserves a sequel? If you could think of one. And I had to read an article on Reader's Digest to go, that would be fucking fantastic to answer this for myself. Ooh, what film deserves a sequel? I'm going to have to edit out all this dead air. Uh, I know I have an answer somewhere buried in my brain because there are definitely films where the sequels got killed off and I was sad about it. Well, I had three or four and that's how I found Carrie. Was I found out they already did a sequel and I was like, oh, you bastards. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought Carrie deserved a sequel, but... It got one it didn't deserve. I don't know. That's a good question. I said there's there's definitely Can I melt your mind with mine and get you to agree? Sure. The film after reading like four articles about films that deserved sequels, 
founded on a Reader's Digest UK article, The Truman Show. Ooh, yeah. You follow Jim Carrey's what character after he is no him. longer the sole source of the universe and he's in the real world where he's famous. Everybody's gawking at him. That's a good one. And yeah. he's never been there before. And two, just life would be significantly different. They tailored this very idealistic community to, to his happiness in keeping him there. So he'd never, ever want to leave. He had everything he ever yeah. wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's a good one. I've read that and I was like, well, how the fuck has that never happened? A Truman Show Part 2? That was a really good film. He though. steps through the door. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And then he fucking walks through, slams the door, roll credits. And then he realizes what happens, how much the real world sucks. Yeah. And then, like, you open up Truman Show Part 2. He's running through the production hall, shoving everybody out of the way, gets lost in Madison Square Park, and go. Yeah. The world is not tailored to a man who's used to the world being tailored to him. His paranoia is no longer valid. Nobody's watching him anymore. That would be a fan. Nobody's secretly watching him anymore. We just stalk celebrities. That that would be so much fucking fun. That would be a much darker movie. (laughs) Have you seen Jim Carrey recently? I think he could get away with it. Jim, if you're listening... I don't have an agent. Just send me an email at... Nightmareboxproductions at gmail. Or swing on over there to the Facebook page and hit us up at... Facebook.com slash Nightmareboxproductions. Or if you just did a bunch of DMT and you can only get your fucking, you know, characters down to 240, dear Jim Carrey, you can hit us up at... (laughs) At Nightmareboxpro. That's on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. We're just, you know, we could take pictures together. Come out to Missoula, put your arm around my shoulder. I feel so happy inside my heart. You can post those pictures, too. Uh, at Nightmare Box Productions on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> or you can go on over to Kristen Pennington's uh, YouTube page at youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Um, go over to the website at nightmareboxproductions.blog. No, the nightmarebox.blog. The nightmarebox.blog. Uh, you can find the dolls that Kristen and I worked on together up in the top right-hand corner, or you can slide on down to the bottom and buy the Madman Diaries by yours truly. Send me ten dollars; I'll send it to you anywhere in the fucking world. You can also find the guidelines to the homework assignment, and the homework assignment will be posted. And if you don't want to do it because you know you don't believe in yourself, and I get that, I've not believed in myself a whole bunch. Um, Maybe send it to a friend who's more motivated than you are, and they'll send us a film over at... Uh, we already did the email, <laughs> but that would be nightmareboxproductions at gmail. <laughs> sorry. I was trying to stick the landing and completely fucked it up. <laughs> you got anything else? Nope. You sure? I wish I could think of a movie I wanted a sequel to, but The Truman Show is a damn good one. No, I couldn't think of anything else after that. I was like, that's the best one right there. I, I can't wrap my fucking mind around it. I'm ready for Wings and Rings. Wings and Rings night and might watch Scarface. All right. (laughs) I love you, sweetheart. I love you. And I love you guys. We'll talk to you next week.